on everywhere at xray.fm. Craig Harrington with Media Matters for America. I want to say thanks to Tom Dwyer and Associates and all the folks at Tom Dwyer Automotive. More at tomdwyer.com. They're down in Selwood. They love it when people say, Hey, how you doing, Tom Dwyer Automotive? They love it when you say that just randomly around town. I want to say welcome to Craig Harrington. Craig Harrington, is media just the exercise of politics by other means? That is my question this morning. That's a pretty deep thought for uh, this early in the morning. Uh, thanks for having me, and thanks for thanks for uh, <laughs> Berg. The coming Karis. soon. Okay. This is extra. <laughs> You're listening to Extra AM, your show of shows. I'm Jefferson Smith. I want to say thanks to all our listeners. The seven of you are awesome human beings. Kira Klingenberg and Kira Lindenberg from Science Project. Everything is interesting. A show within a show. Welcome back. It's nice to see you. What do you have for us this week? Hi, it's nice to see you as well. Nice to be back. Take it away. I think what we're talking about is milk. Yeah. We're going to talk about milk today. You know, so our show is Everything is Interesting, and I'm living on a farm right now with goats, and uh, I do a lot of milking, and it's it's silly, but I, like, geek out on how cool milk is. It's really, there's a lot going on. <laughs> so we thought we would talk about it. Um Anyway, so yeah, we wanted to talk about milk. It's this enormous part of our food life in America. We put it in our coffee, we put it, whip it into cream, into butter, and we turn it into things like cheese and yogurt. But like, what is it? And why is it so important? And how is it so versatile? And I think we wanted to start off by just kind of uh, mentioning that milk is way more than just a breakfast beverage that we all drink and love and pour on our cereal. It's actually one of the most distinguishing characteristics of mammals. So don't forget, we humans, we are mammals. So the development of milk has actually contributed a lot to the success of the mammalian family. Yeah, and so all mammals, I'm sure you know, produce milk for their young, and, and even the platypus, which we, is that a mammal? So lizards, no, no lizard milk. No, no. Lizard milk. not yet. <laughs> not no, that we no, know no of. fish not milk. <laughs> no. Although, who, no, no, no fish milk, right? Mm, not that I know of. Um, yeah. But, Bird milk, they don't milk. No. No, they just. Their poop looks like milk, though. Yeah. Don't drink it. name all the animals I can think of that aren't. (laughs) Yeah, every time you think about, like, oh, milk is kind of gross, think about the birds, like, they just regurgitate food into their 
the baby bird mouths, which is grosser than milk. Lots grosser. <laughs> um, but anyway, you look skeptical. You're like, mm, don't know which one is more gross. So yeah, so mammals. Um, you know, what part of what makes us unique as animals is that we do a lot of gestation inside the womb, and then we come out and we continue to grow. Whereas you know, a lot of insects they don't they don't get that much time in the right. Womb. They just sort of pop out, ready to go, ready to attack life. They right. pop out helpless, naked, and afraid. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and it's, you know, if I was a wasp, then maybe I would eat the caterpillar that I was laid inside. But because I'm a mammal, I have to come out, and my mom has to to keep feeding me. So. Um, you know, milk gives these newborn mammals the advantage of having this ideal food Im- available immediately after birth. And so we get to keep developing. Yeah. And so, you know, all mammals at some point figured out uh, that milk is pretty great. But then we humans with our big brains, we did a really clever thing and we figured out that other mammals' milk is also great. <laughs> and what mammals did we figure out how to get milk from? Well, mm-hmm. introducing the ruminants. So, like, cattle. Water buffalo. Uh, goats. Camels. Milk yaks. Yeah, milk yaks. <laughs> <laughs> so, these ruminants, these creatures, they're important because some 30 million years ago, all of them evolved the ability to survive on nothing but dry grass, which is very incredible because, if you think about it, dry grass isn't exactly the most nourishing of food, and humans certainly couldn't survive on eating it alone. Yeah, and so milk is great. There's, uh, besides the water, there's fats, there's proteins, there's sugar, there's essential minerals, um, there's enzymes, there's mammary, gl- mammary gland cells, which don't ask me what that is. There's living white blood cells, and there's all these probiotics, which, uh, you know, babies don't, most of us have a probiotic system within our gut, and we get that from the milk from our mothers. Right, and so ruminants were able to figure out how to take basically extract the nutrients, all these great nutrients from high fiber, poor quality plant material and turn it into this rich, nutritious milk that we then steal, mm-hmm. which is very clever from us. And, and milk being this powerhouse of super crucial ingredients all wrapped up into kind of one nicely packaged liquid food is uh, pretty awesome for us. You yeah. know, I mean, the fact that it's just there that we can get it from these other animals. And then we use it also to make all sorts of delicious foods. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, what are some of your favorite milk products? Milk. Milk, just straight. <laughs> Do you just drink straight milk? <laughs> I like milk. I know. I, 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 yes. I've been doing a lot less, a lot less on account of not wanting to be fat, <laughs> and wanting not to eat as much. Because what I most like was is milk and cookies. Yeah, that is probably my favorite thing. Is like warm cookies and milk is probably my favorite thing to eat that there ever has been. A close second is uh, milk and donuts. So Ooh. generally, <laughs> general and followed by milk and banana bread. Followed oh, yeah. by milk and well, maybe even ahead of that might be milk and chocolate cake you see a theme right yeah. as i like sugar breaded items yes and then wash it down with milk this is what i like to do <laughs> i don't believe that those uh, that any of those parts are good for me now you're telling me the milk is good but i have been wondering if milk is in fact good after i turn because there's a school of thought that milk isn't good anymore after you know it's not good for you after you've turned two you know what i'm saying after you're no longer oh and, and, yeah right and so i this may be one of the things you're talking about but yes i do i i have enjoyed the milk yeah, we will get to that lactose intolerance discussion a little yeah, bit later. Yeah, you're actually very lucky that you're able to. I mean, a lot of people could, if they had that much milk, you know, milk and cookies today and milk and cake tomorrow, they would be really, really sick. And so you are probably the descendant of people that uh, developed lactose tolerance. Which we'll I talk may have about been lactose minute. intolerant that whole time. I'm That's not saying true. it was good yeah. for me. <laughs> well, I am, I am on a crusade to get fat, apparently, because two of my favorite milk products are whipped cream and butter. So it uh, turns out making them... 
is all about chemistry. So we got a little bit on that. Yeah, butter and whipped cream, um, they're really the same. They start with cream, which is like the fatty part of the milk, and then it just basically comes down to how hard you stir it or shake it. Okay, and here's the fun part, right? So let's say you take cream and you put it under a microscope. What you're going to see are kind of all these beautiful spherical globules made of fat molecules, and they're floating around in this solution of mostly water. So fat molecules, by nature, they tend to be what we call hydrophobic or water-fearing. They want to stay as far away from water as possible. So they clump together and make these globules. And each globule is then surrounded by this sort of protective membrane of these other special molecules, which are called phospholipids. Oh, God. And the phospholipids (laughs) act like a raincoat around the globule of terrified fat molecules, and it seals them away from the water. So now you start to whisk the cream, and you're forcing these air bubbles into the mixture, and everything starts to get jostled around. So the protective raincoat of phospholipids gets uh, destabilized, and it breaks apart and exposes the water-fearing fat molecules to the surrounding water. As you can imagine, the fat molecules, since they fear the water, they are now incredibly uncomfortable with the whole situation. And so they seek each other out, and they try and glob back together into their original globules. But you're still whisking and mixing, and it becomes increasingly hard for them to find each other. So eventually they become kind of desperate to be near anything but the water that they hate so much. And so they latch on to the relatively neutral air bubbles that you've been introducing with the whisking. And this traps the air bubbles inside the cream. And voila! We have a fat-stabilized foam, otherwise known as delicious, delicious whipping cream. Oh, and there's some sugar in there, too. Oh, yeah, there's some yeah. sugar. You throw that in there, too. But that's, that's another story. Yeah, and then the butter, I mean, same thing. You just kind of, you keep shaking it, and the air bubbles pop, and then the fat all globs together, and then you get butter. So that would be why they're both so delicious. It takes a long time, though. So if you're trying to get from whipping cream to butter, you know. Yeah, it takes. Ready, stretch, do some rich, rich stretches. Yeah, or buy an electric mixer. Yeah, or buy some butter. Just go and buy some butter, <laughs> buy guys. Buy some butter. Um, so, Really, okay, so by domesticating these ruminants who are able to take grass and turn it into milk, not only were we able as humans to figure out how to, you know, survive on in these landscapes of just grass, but we figured out all sorts of ingenious ways in making milk really tasty. So, um, like you were saying, though, sometimes dairy is really hard to digest. What kind of ruminant makes almond milk? Oh, the almond cow. Yeah, the yeah, elusive it's almond cow. shaped like an almond. Uh, what but about if you the cashew eat it, milk? It tastes like, oh, I was going to say, it tastes like a cashew. Yeah. It's very confusing. The cashew cow <laughs> tastes like an almond. The uh-huh. almond cow tastes like a cashew. But their milk, you know. Yeah. But those things aren't milk, right? Those no, things are just no. like, they're just like like 1% like coconut product or, or <laughs> cashew product or almond product inside mm-hmm. some sort of soy water. I don't know. There was actually is. a really interesting thing that happened in the grocery industry recently where, um, you know how you could go and buy like Pacific brand almond milk? Yes. Well, if you look now, it's called almond beverage because the milk industry sued all of the, or I believe it was a lawsuit, all of the... Alternative. So you're beverages. not milk. Exactly. Yeah, so you what? cannot call yourself milk. So now they have. You're to, not champagne. You're they just have bubble to call wine. Themselves beverages. <laughs> so check that out next time you're in the uh, soy beverage yeah. aisle. Yeah. And, exactly. and, you, and so because not all of us, as I think you guys were going to talk about, not all of us are very well tolerant to eat, drinking that stuff. No, no. And it's, you know, I think that's that's part of why it took us so long. So we only really started domesticating uh, ruminants for the purpose of milking about six to 8,000 years ago. And before that, you know, there were sheep that were around, we were shepherding them, but we didn't, nobody drank their milk on a regular basis because it would make you really, really sick. I mean, anybody who's lactose intolerant can tell yeah. you how so sick it, it makes you. It turns out that lactose intolerant was the norm and that lactose tolerance is the mutation 
mutation in our genes that allows some of us genetic weirdos to digest milk easily. Yeah, because we all have this gene that uh, we create this enzyme called lactase, and that helps us. Uh, so lactose is the sugar. And we can't uh, absorb it into our bloodstream because it's this, like, double sugar. And so you need the lactase to break it down into something smaller. Um, but that's something that we stop producing after childhood because we typically stop drinking, you know, mother's milk. Right. In theory, you'd be done drinking your mother's milk, what, at, like, one or, you yeah. know, one and a half. So then you no longer need. It's not uh, evolutionarily advantageous yeah. for you to like continue a... to drink milk. And, wait, and so why is that? That's because I, I don't need it. I, because I need lactase? Is it, is it just because the sugar and fat need more of it as a baby? Or is there something that I need more as a baby Well, as a baby, you would have been drinking your mother's milk, mostly yes. for uh, nutrients. And yes. then at a certain point, you start to eat solid foods. And right. the need for the mother's milk would go down. And therefore, the, the gene that turns on the production of that enzyme that you need to digest the milk sort of shuts down. I guess and, you could say it's kind of like a trade-off, right? You don't need to expend the energy to make it if you're not going to be drinking the milk. Does the enzyme go away even if I keep drinking the milk? Is it something that goes away by function of age or by function of being used to milk or not? By function of age. Okay. That's, that's something that's programmed into us. Unless you're a genetic weirdo and then you have developed the ability to, to digest Continuously. this milk. Continuously. Yeah, conti- yep. to keep making it. So Any kind of genetic weird or only the kind of genetic weirdo. <laughs> That's a really good question. Just yeah, the particular kind of genetic yeah. weirdo. There's many kinds of yeah. genetic weirdos out there. Yeah, So and, and uh, the theory is that, you know, as we sort of started farming and, and shepherding in Mesopotamia and then worked our way uh, towards northern Europe where it was very, very cold, and what we didn't factor into that whole move was that the, the uh, farming season was going to be a lot shorter, you weren't going to have as many crops, you're going to have people who are going into famine. And so... Death and decay. Yeah. So if you were one of those genetic weirdos or a descendant of a genetic weirdo, and uh, or you just had... You, you were lucky enough to have sort of like the ability to sort of digest milk... Um, then you were much better off because you had a source of, of nutrients and, and protein. In and that. that's the whole natural selection thing is mm-hmm. you have to kind of have these great big periods of die off within a population yeah. and then have the, the few who have weird mutations that allow them to survive continue on to pass. And, on the, the, and that yeah. happened. That happened. So there were societies that would survive because they could mm-hmm. live off. At least off that's the theory. Ruminants. Mm-hmm. Based yeah. on archaeological And because that was all that was around, right? And right. It was, was these ruminants and then I would drink their milk and drink their blood and oh, then I would, that happens right There's, I've heard about tribes that do this oh for sure blood, blood is actually yeah. a very nutritious substance it is it's pretty it's gross right yeah, gross, that's true but, though yeah, that's, you guys are gross you can totally you can, the you grossest can yeah we could have told science you it's fun it's gross <laughs> You'll love it. Yeah. So gross. But yeah. don't go don't go out there drinking blood. You don't need to be a vampire. <laughs> no, we have today. grocery we stores. Have so okay. many options. Yeah. yeah. Go drink X-ray. some soy milk or whatever. <laughs> um but yeah, so um uh that's uh that's how we develop the ability, some of us, to digest milk. And are we what percentage what percentage of people are really tolerant of lactose? Are oh, really it's really milk small. Friendly? I don't know yeah. an exact number, but um I generally if you are from a northern European descent, yeah. um and it has to be pretty northern like Ireland, I believe. Then I you think, can drink more milk. Uh, they tend to have more yeah. lactose tolerance. It's not guaranteed, but genetically there's just a, think, a larger I wanna spread. say I read something around the twenty to thirty percent. And so what percentage is lactose intolerant? Is it seventy most. to eighty? Is it the yes. other side yes. of the, or is it? Yeah. A, so most people shouldn't be drinking all the milk. No, but there, 
you know, we also live in a modern society, so we have the advantage of like you can go out to the grocery store and buy what's that stuff, lactate, right? The pill that you take, and that's oh, full I did of that beans. for a while. Yeah, well, because you want to keep eating your cookies. Yeah, exactly <laughs> you right. Also, get otherwise, out. how can I get my nourishing donuts? Yeah, you know, how right, will you exactly. survive without your donuts? So really, milk was a delivery device. For <laughs> donuts and banana bread. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. true. Welcome to my fat and life. Uh-huh. Hey, it's, I'm right along with my whipping cream and butter addiction the here. Right. If I'm lactose intolerant, does that mean I should be having almost no milk? Well, okay, hold on. We're not doctors. We're not yeah. going to give you health advice. <laughs> but what I can tell you is that you need more of the lactase enzyme. So you could you could get the over-the-counter enzymes, the mm-hmm. lactate we're talking mm-hmm. about. You can also go out and buy milk that has been uh, had most of the lactose, which is the sugars, mm-hmm. removed and replaced with some other kind of sugar. Uh, you can also eat yogurt, likely, because the probiotics oh, in yogurt, yeah. they eat up the lactase. That's actually, they don't eat it all, but they take up a lot of it. Yeah. And the la- lacillus bacillus, that's the popular, how do you say it? Uh, yeah. Lacillus <laughs> no, bacillus. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's actually many, many probiotics that are in yogurt. Um, but what it's doing is, um, you know, if, if you make your own yogurt, I used to have to do this, and you leave it for like 24 hours, eventually the culture, the bacteria that's in there will eat all of the sugars um, and you'll you're just left with like the proteins and the nutrients um, which is why a lot of people can handle yogurt but they mm-hmm. can't handle like straight milk so if you don't mind dunking your cookies and your donuts into yogurt then maybe that's a solution for you <laughs> you don't look excited no I'm excited dunking your your donut into yogurt <laughs> I'm not either I you know what I just... I, so you're saying yogurt is better if you're lactose intolerant, yogurt yes. is better. Yes. Simply because mm-hmm. there's less of the lactose. Oh, yeah. Sugar. Who's not giving health mm-hmm. advice now? Ah, <laughs> vicarious? Oh, trap. I'm hoping that's the, what's, what, what, the, what the moderators of the presidential debate are going to do. They're going to have the skill that I just demonstrated with you to get you to give health just advice, sneak even us in though there. you said Ooh. you wouldn't do it. You're good. You're good. We didn't what know else what we, we were know? getting into. We're, we're about we're about to wrap, and I am fascinated, and I care about milk, and it's a product that I have a love hate relationship with. Uh, the what else do we need to know about milk? Well, um, I guess one thing worth mentioning, there was sort of an article that was circulating around the last couple of weeks about how cheese is as addictive as crack. Really? Oh, God, I have so many problems with this. <laughs> because it does not sound accurate. And if you remember it's our not, show about not. headlines, man, headlines, they are sensationalized. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, the, the whole idea was there were some scientists that were talking about um, casomorphin, which is a, a protein, sort of, it's a protein fragment. It naturally occurs in milk. and they Queso were, means cheese. Yeah. Ooh, different queso. Yeah. Darn it. Like, this oh, one is spelled with a C. Oh. Um, racist queso. Go oh, God. Uh, yeah, so... Um so there, there was this idea that it, it's, it acts as an opioid in your brain, which uh, is sort of true. But there's actually not that much um, evidence. Yeah, there's not that much evidence that it even gets absorbed into your bloodstream. And then even if it does, it's like not acting like an opioid. It's about 20 times less, 20 times weaker than morphine. Um, and honestly, you know, you have natural reward centers in your brain that sort of light up and give you all the good feels when you do something that's good for your survival, like drinking a glass of water, procreating, or, you know, eating cheese because cheese is full of nutrients and delicious things. Also because it's delicious. So you get good feels from eating cheese because it's delicious. Yeah, and that's, I mean, the idea is like, so when you actually take real addictive drugs, like those are the reward centers in your brain that are being lit up, but like at this abnormal rate. And cheese just doesn't do that. And when you take away, I think what happens with a, with a truly addictive drug, if you take that drug away, the connections that are supposed to create those, that right. endorphin charge, like Go, mm-hmm. are also eroded. But if I yes. stop eating cheese, I probably still am able to get pleasure from other things. Yep. Right? Well, I don't know because I'm not you. So maybe you're not going to give right. medical or pleasure advice. <laughs> maybe 
Not a pleasure doctor. Eating cheese, you like go crazy in Rob stories, and I mean, I don't know. We what know happens you when can't you lose your donuts. Cheese. Yeah, that's I can't. I can't. Yeah. I've been off donuts oh. now for two years. Oh, good job. Oh wow, that is impressive. Oh yeah, congratulations. No, no, no. It's I, I've been. This is this is why I'm familiar with the almond beverage and the cashew <laughs> beverage. This is why I'm familiar with these things is because they are my methadone. Is this they are my, this is why I know my fake sugar. I know all about like all the fake sugars because yeah. I have my methadone. Yeah. I want to say thank you so much to to everything is interesting from Science Project. Uh, Kira Klingenberg and Kira Lindenberg, they did not coordinate those names. That is by accident. <laughs> it's true. I, it's you know who Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil are? I think would yeah. you be X-rays, Doctor Oz and Doctor Phil? We need to get you a show that's just, that that we give have an intro for outro. You all are awesome. Thank oh, you. thank you so You're much. Awesome. We're really happy to be here. We wanted to say thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to the people who make X-ray possible. Thanks also to our sponsors, Doctor Steve Kingston established.